Hey, you are listening to Oh Crap Parenting with me, your host, Jamie Gorlacki. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome, welcome. Today, I am talking with Jill Wright, who is the founder of Grow Like a Mother, which I think is the best title ever for any business, Grow Like a Mother. Because I always hear grow like a motherfucker. <laughs> That's the full version for me. <laughs> um, Jill and I have worked together on several things, right? Um, when did I first meet you? Potty training? Was it potty? It was potty training. Potty training, yep. yeah. And then I did some stuff for you and your program. Um, but Jill is your friendly neighborhood mom who's wildly passionate about helping organized people rediscover or discover their creative spark and to start to trust their intuition. She knows firsthand what it's like to be working in a traditional job role focused on data and analytics while being great at what you do, not feeling fulfilled in your job. Unfortunately, Jill sees this same scenario being played out all the time in her family, friend groups, workplace, and community. She sees so many incredible people who aren't contributing as much as they know they are capable of, who aren't showing up fully in their roles, and who just don't like going to work. She realized that the missing piece is their creativity, which, just like her, they don't even realize they have. So that's Jill's bio, and I decided to read it fully because I like it, and I didn't. Thanks. I feel like I didn't feel like the need to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel like we just logged on, and I said, "Oh, I'm so glad I'm talking to you because, yeah, I just had I just had like the worst eight weeks of my life, and just mm. I'm not busy. I'm not a bit like." I'm busy with work. I'm busy as a single mom, you know, but I don't subscribe to the culture of busy. And I got slammed. I got slammed with a couple of unexpected product projects that I'm not at liberty to talk about yet. Uh, I got slammed with my addition. I had an addition being put on my house and it was going to be like my, it's like my new podcast space. It's going to be awesome. That's cool. But my stupid doors took 12 weeks to come in, delaying the project midsummer. So then my contractor had to start working on like building a house from scratch. So now I'm like the weekend job. And it's just like so frustrating. So like this one day I put my dog in daycare, you know, twice a week so that I can record podcasts without him going psycho in the woods. I live in the woods. And if he hears a leaf fall, he thinks he's got to defend the territory. So, uh, so but like last week I did that and that's when the contractor decided to hand cart, like he had to drill the slate that goes in my mudroom because I'm in a stone cottage and it's going against the stone, right? So it's beautiful work, but all day long. <laughs> so then I like have to record podcasts at like midnight, which is not my bedtime. <laughs> but the moral of this story is I have never felt less creative in my life. And then I've gotten like two days ago, I finally got a breather in the action. And I was like, oh my God, all of a sudden I thought of like Instagram reels. And I was like, oh, I have a great idea for this. And I have a great idea for that. And I was like, being swamped in motherhood will fucking kill your creativity. And you like Mm -hmm. run out of even fun ideas to do with your kids, right? Like you can't contribute even to your family because you're like, I'm drowning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so welcome, Jill. Help me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the ticket, right? Is finding this space so that your creativity can like just come out naturally instead of having to force it. But it's like, there's so much noise. There's always so much noise in our lives. Oh my God. It's, yeah. it. you know, I feel like sometimes the universe throws me into these situations so I can realize where a lot of moms are, you know, cause I've cultivated 
my life. And I actually just recorded an episode about like living an intentional life, you know, and, and what that means And 90% of the time, it means slowing down. Like we get on this treadmill with kids and we start keeping up with the Joneses, even if we don't mean to, we just feel like our kids need this activity or they'll miss out. Or like, even I had a client whose kids just all fell out at the pumpkin patch. And I was like, Halloween should not exist for under four. There's no reason. Don't even tell them about it. Just stay home, close your shades, (laughs) you know, because they can't handle it. And I feel like, um, I just feel like everybody's so overwhelmed with that, that there is no space. And so I I was reminded of it in the last eight to 10 weeks because I was like, yeah, if you're drowning, you're in survival mode. So there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, depending on what season you're in, right, you may have more or less space for this creativity and you may not even know that you need it. Like that's where I was at. I'm like, something's missing. I'm busy. I'm not happy, but I don't really know what. And it turned out, right? Like it was that sort of creativity. And I sort of think of creativity is also intuition and also like a whole bunch of other different things. It's not just like going to draw. Cause that's how I originally thought about it. Like right. I'm not artsy. I, I associated the two things together, Right. but like I'm a writer and I'm like, there's, I'm a content creator too. And there's so many other ways you can get creative. You can get creative with your kids. You can get creative with your parenting, you can get creative with your cooking. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, you anyway. know, one of my favorite um, musicals is rent and one of my favorite lines in that is, well, what my favorite line is I'm looking for baggage that goes with mine, but also there's a song, the opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. And I've long suspected that the entire point of being human is to create, whether you're creating Mm -hmm. children or art or cooking or, I mean, we or gardening or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's that. What do you, how do you define creativity? It's so tough. And I tried to do this the other day, right? I was like, I'm going to open a note, a a note up in my phone and just write down all the things that I think creativity is. And it was everything from like wisdom to inspiration, to intuition, to uh, flow and to like, just all of those words that make me feel spacious, Mm -hmm. that make me feel like aligned with myself, that sort of make me get back into my body and also be able to sort of really use the, um, the non-tangible part of my brain because all day long I'm so data-driven, right? I'm doing work for someone in an organization that has really specific standards and really specific rules and operating procedures and all of these things that many of us are dealing with, right? We went through the education system where it was really structured and everything had a certain way. And we just didn't practice going back into our own body and mind and saying like, well, is there a different way? Do I like something about this, but not other pieces? Can I like piece together parts of this that are going to work for me and other, like get rid of the things that aren't. We, we get so tripped up on the things that we're not good at and waste so much time there. Oh yeah. That's my gripe with education in general as a homeschooler. I'm like, why? Like, no matter what you like to do, you're going to struggle, right? Like there's always a part of struggle in like learning, doing it, you know, whatever. Even if you love baking, you're going to screw it up, right? You're going to go through hardships, you know? And the idea that we should like focus on our, our weaknesses all the time. I'm like, why focus on your strengths, man? (laughs) I get better. (laughs) It's way better to get super good at something you're already like talented at than it is to get mediocre at something you're just not suited for. Like there's someone else who's suited for that. Let them go be awesome at it. You know, math. For me, it's math. I'm still I'm 55 years old and I'm so pissed I'm not using algebra. <laughs> like, I told you I wasn't going to use it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, don't you think too with creativity that 
We have, I feel like, I don't know if this is American. I don't know if I'm on the East coast. So sometimes there's so much like the Puritan roots, like are embedded deep here, but it's almost like if you like something, you shouldn't do that thing. Like it's almost Mm. decadent. You know, I love it's fall right now. And I want nothing more to be your, if I were young enough, barefoot pregnant in the kitchen with an apron on, like, that's what I would, I want to be a homemaker right now. I want to be baking bread and cookies and roasts and sitting by the, you know, the, the stove all day. And I don't have time and that's pissing me off. But it's so funny that like, I'll be like, well, you could do that later when you're done all your work. But that's like work in and of itself, like creative playing, you know, those juicy parts of us. Yeah. We need to prioritize it. Like time management is something I'm so passionate about because like I view it in a way of, it's like almost a means to an end for self-care and for like figuring out what, how we can put our our own passions back in life. Cause you're right. Like we're, we make ourselves feel bad if we spend time on things that are pleasurable or enjoyable to us. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure there's like a million um, historical and cultural reasons why that is, but we all deal with it. And I think that if if we can change our perspective a little bit about that and also change the way that we view our time so that we can prioritize some time to do these things that even like it might feel different this week than it feels next week as the seasons change or as you change or as whatever's happening in your life, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same action every week, but if you can find time to do that, it takes a little bit of the guilt off every time because the world doesn't fall apart just because you took an hour to do yoga, you know? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Or that we do that weird thing where we, I don't have an hour to do yoga, um, but I'm overwhelmed. So I'm going to sit and scroll on my phone and an hour goes by. Yeah. Like that's, that's a big one, right? Like distract yourself with something stupid because you can't do, you feel like, oh no, if I do yoga, I'm selfish. I'm taking my time away from the kids, but we'll be totally distracted and running away from our kids anyway for an hour or so. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. Uh, let me ask you, let me interrupt you though, because I didn't say this, you guys, in my, um, in Jill's bio, Jill wrote a book called Happy, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. And these are, Jill, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I want to go back to time management, but mm-hmm. I want you to tell us a little bit about the book before we get into like nitty gritties. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's really been like kind of a labor of love. This book was something that started just as like a Word doc on my computer when I was in my early 20s. And every time I would find something that worked for me in terms of like helping me with my anxiety or was like a really wise thing I wanted to remember, I would write it down, like just to refer back to for my own self. I've always been kind of geeky into personal mm-hmm. development. And then I like dove hard into it during the pandemic because I was having my babies. And then you know, the world fell apart. There was multiple things. I had an autism diagnosis in the household. I was trying to run a retail business. It was like pandemic. So of course, no, that was not a, not a success. And you know, everything was, was wild. And I really dug into personal development and I got good at figuring out ways that moms could use the tools. Cause so many of the tools just didn't fit with my life as a working mom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm going to do it. So I figured out these little like hacks and the book got really big. This document got big. And I thought, this is going to be good for other people too. I need to get this out somehow. And I wanted to do like a a page a day calendar kind of thing because I always love those. Yeah. But then I thought, no, I don't want people to throw these away. These are really good tips. Like they need to remember. Um, So it turned into kind of like a guidebook and I organized all the tips into the four categories of like happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of intended just to pick up and put down and 
flip to a page and get inspired. It's full of like quotes, affirmations, questions, like tips, pieces of wisdom, little stories that you don't read it cover to cover. You can leave it on your night table or leave it on your coffee table and just sort of pick it up and put it down as a, as a resource for life. Yeah. And you guys, if you listen to the, I, I can't think of the episode, but it was the, the actual blueprint for not losing your shit with your kids. That's one of my podcasts. And part of that is like creating this routine for yourself that includes some inspirational reading. So it sounds like we should all run out and buy Jill's book. So that yeah. can be our, I, I have, for me, it's like, it's toilet reading. Cause I am a fast yes. pooper, so I can't read like anything significant. <laughs> and so I like the war of art. That's the one I have. Like you just pick it up anywhere. And I'm like, yep, that's what I needed to hear today. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was looking at your book, one of the things I loved is that it's, it's simple. It's simple. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost one of those things. So don't take this as an insult, but I was like, well, yeah, duh. Right. right? But also, I just recently was in a group of people and two of, it was a, a, a weekend retreat that I was facilitating. And two of the men said to me, have you tested for Mensa? And I was like, me? No, no, I, I assure you, I'm not Mensa. <laughs> I can guarantee that's not a thing. And they were like, no, your processing is like lightning. And it is like, it, it, it was this aha moment when I was looking at your book, because I was like, I am a fast processor and I expect the rest of the world to be one. And sometimes I gloss over even the simple things, you know? So I have to, I was like, yes. Like what was, what was one of your first things? You choose to have a good day, right? You can choose Mm -hmm. to have a good day. You can snap out of it. And you gave a physical thing to do, but I was like, well, yeah, doesn't everybody know that? And no, nobody, (laughs) not everybody knows that. You know what I mean? So I had this moment of like, bring it back. And I'm, I'm historically really bad at, um, once I know something, I expect you to keep up with me and to go back to like, oh, you're just learning to read. I have to give you the alphabet first. You know what I mean? So that's hard for me. So it was just a nice reminder of like, sometimes it's just the really basic things. Yeah, that's it. And sometimes I know I found this is sometimes you can hear the same thing like four, five, six times. Mm -hmm. And then the seventh time it clicks, whether it's the time, like the person you're hearing it from their tone of voice, like the mood you're in that time, just like repetition. Sometimes I can, I'll have these experiences where I'm like, Oh, of course. And it's like, you've heard that six times already, but it landed differently. Like it resonated deeply that time. And then you remember it. It's like, you know? it, the, I swear to God, this is like a spiritual principle. It doesn't land till you need it. And a yes. quick example, my assistant, Sharon knows my material inside and out. She listens to all my podcasts. And she was like, I said something to her. We work on Voxer. And she said, Oh, you should, you should put that in a podcast. And I was like, Sharon, it's in like 10 of my podcasts. It's like, and she was like, oh, I thought you were going to say that because it, like, it, she didn't need that information. She didn't mm-hmm. need that information till she needed it. And then it landed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I also think too, like I know so many people in my life, it, it's a particular dynamic I see a lot with wives and husbands. Like you might tell your husband something 80 times than a guy at work tells your husband and your husband's like, Oh honey, did you know X, Y, and Z? And you're like, Oh my God, I've been telling you that for years. And people think it's that your husband's not listening to you and he's just taking a guy's advice. And I was like, no, you just planted the seeds that were growing Mm -hmm. and growing and growing. And that guy at work just happened to hit the flowering stage of that notion. And it happens with our kids too. I'm finding that a lot. Like my little ones will come home and they're like, mom, did you know that pickles 
are cucumbers. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, babe, I did know. I told you that. <laughs> you know, but they're like, oh my God, my teachers, they told me this thing. And I'm like, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let's go back to time management. Cause that is such, I feel like that's such a big deal for moms. I feel like it's such a big deal right now. I'm dealing with it myself with Pascal. And part of it is that, um, we've homeschooled and I've worked for myself. So we've done like whatever we want, whenever we want. And so now he's in his senior high school and I'm like, dude, you gotta have better time management. But, um, I know it's a hard time for moms. And one of the things I had, oh gosh, I don't know where I got it from. Maybe indistractable, the book, but time blocking, like time yeah. blocking and that you can actually block time for the shit you want to do. Like not just your to-do list, but if you block out your day, you could say like, I want to scroll my phone from noon to one while my kid's napping. <laughs> and that right. you, you have to block those times out. Um, how do you handle time management? Do you work with people individually there's- or is there like a blueprint you have? Yeah, both. I find that there's like, there's different reasons people find themselves in, in struggle with time. Some of them are like, just won't ask for help. You know, it's that murder sort of syndrome. Mm -hmm. Some of them, it's that they don't have any boundaries. They don't know how to say no to things. Mm -hmm. You know, other people, um, they just get distracted all the time and they can't finish a task because their brain won't let them. Like we all come at it from different angles. So I do one-on-one work to help people really identify like, of all of this huge menu of time management tricks in my toolbox, which will work for you specifically, mm. right? Because they don't all work for everybody. Right. Um, and there's a plethora, like there's hundreds. You could Google time management in like days, right? Right. But I also find that there are a few things that work generally for most people that I like to sort of just teach because it's stuff that you don't find when you Google, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. one of those, one of my favorite things is called time confetti. There was this researcher. Um, I think she was at Harvard. Her name was Ashley Willens. And she found that now in modern time, we actually have more free time than we ever did, like for previous generations. Mm-hmm. And that's because of things like an ATM, um, the cell phone, right? Washing machines. You know, we have all these things that help us save time, but we don't get it all at once. It's in these like pockets of time confetti, she calls okay. it. So we have like time confetti throughout the day and we're not using it. So if we can figure, if we can start to identify when those like five or 10 minute pockets are happening Mm -hmm. and then do something with them, you can get so much done, Mm. right? So I always have this little list on my phone of like time confetti things. Okay. And another trick that I like to do with any kind of list of, of to do's is put a dash in the number of minutes it's going to take you to do the thing Okay. so that when you're looking at your list okay, I've got five minutes. Is it something like a gratitude practice? Like they don't have to be to do's, right? They can be anything. Is it, you know, calling your mom? Is it picking up that book for five minutes? Okay. So time confetti is a really cool one that we all have access to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another one I really find helpful when I'm trying to take on a new habit or something like we just made a new home gym in the basement and the first week I used it, right? And now I'm I'm just like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I do not have time. But what I've decided is to use um, a tactic called temptation bundling. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big co- you know podcast listener, and I only listen to my podcast when I'm on the elliptical downstairs. Now. Okay, it's like if I'm gonna podcast, I'm gonna do the thing that I don't want to do, but that I'm trying to work in and make time for. Gotcha. So. Yeah, there's so many of those like universally helpful Yeah, things. the time confetti, like that would, I'm wondering too, like for me per- 
personally, that wouldn't work. I would feel too scattered, but it's, um, but also, so like, I liked the time blocking, right. But like you said, like you write down the minutes, but then there's life fuckery and it just happens. So like printing out something on my printer is a one minute job till the printer decides it's jammed for no apparent reason. And then I'm on tech support and that phone calls three hours. And then I get a fraud email, you know, and now I have to be with the bank for three hours. So I just, and then of course, Pascal is just that he's such a great kid, but he's at that stage of teenagerhood where it's him and him alone. And he's like, mm. mom, like everything's dire. So I just put in a Wi-Fi extender and somehow the Wi-Fi went up out upstairs. It was a half hour before this, this podcast. He's mm. like, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to shut the router off. I said, do not fuck with my computer or the internet right now. I have a podcast to record, but he's like, mom, I was like, dude, you're leaving for work in 20 minutes. You don't need Wi-Fi right this second. Like but everything's like immediate, you know? So yeah, I'm like, yeah. he, they revert back to toddler behavior. Their executive functioning goes out the window. Like you guys who have six to 12 year olds enjoy it now. Cause it goes away. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my issue is like, just as a mom, you think everything should be easy. And then like life just keeps handing you these bumps in the road. Always. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that like you have to make time for when you're planning. And if, if you do like a weekly plan or something, you have to make time for the fact that life's going to throw you a curveball. Yeah. You know, like I only ever put three things on my to-do list for the week. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. And I always put them at the beginning of my calendar because then you can carry push them, them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if not, if for some miracle, they all get done on Monday and Tuesday, then it's like, I can coast the rest of the week. Like I'm probably not gonna, but I could. And then the guilt is gone. Cause I'm like, I did my three most important things at the beginning of the week. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know? Well, so I feel like too, I've come to peace with the fact that my daily to-do list is liter- is really a weekly. My weekly yeah. is really a monthly and my monthly is really a year. I am just, yeah. I wake up at four in the morning. So happy. I could I could throat punch myself. Like I'm that annoying person at four in the morning and I have grand dreams of how the day is going to go. And so my to-do list is always like super long and it never gets done. And I was like, who, no person can do this in one day. (laughs) No, that's it. We have like, we, we so often like we'll overestimate we can, what we can get done in a day, but underestimate what we can get done in a decade. Yeah. 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 Have you seen those calendars that mark your weeks? Have no. you seen those? Oh, I'll, I can't remember. If you Google it, you can find it, but you get a calendar and it's week by week and you cross off your weeks and it's very jarring to see how many weeks approximately, you know, assuming you're going to live to like 90, you know, like how many weeks you have left and what wow. have you done with all the weeks? <laughs> yeah. That's, so. yeah. <laughs> Talk about shining a light, eh? I know, because like you said, we underestimate what we can get done in a decade. Or, you know, like you put in a home gym. Everybody wants to be in shape yesterday. So, like, I can't even believe I've been working out for a week and nothing's happening. And it's like, yeah, but dude, like, you went 10 years without working out and that went by in a flash. (laughs) What other hacks have you found, like, consistent around, you know, for a lot of people? Mm, I think that... um batch working, like you sort of indicated, like the, the blocking out of time, but also like doing like tasks at the same time, because distraction is such a thief. Right. And so if we can commit to doing like things, so whether that's like all of your, you could do it different ways. You could say like, okay, I'm taking one hour and I'm going to do all my household chores, or it could be I'm going to do all of the bathtubs. You know, it doesn't have to be all the chores, but it could be all of the bathtubs. Mm. And you're using the same cleaners. So you're not back and forth with different, ut- like cleaning utensils and whatever. 
Um, oh, it yeah, can that's be, a good idea. yeah, like y- you can batch with like things, but get creative with it. Um, because every time you're like distracted or you answer an email, like I love, this is an old trick from you way back in the day, but like airplane mode on your phone, yeah. like that's game changing, yeah. right? Limiting the distractions that you have. Um, but also I think like when you're a mom and you're in the thick of it with like little ones and maybe you're home or you're, you're looking after more than one, it's the weekend, whatever, and you still want to get some things done. I find that swapping time with other moms is really helpful. Like before the kids can go on sleepovers and before they can go on play dates by themselves or birthday party drop-offs, like I'm in that stage right now and it's glorious, but before what I used to do was find a girlfriend and I would say, Hey, okay. You know, our babies are still in little baskets. I'm going to go right for an hour while you look after the two babies. And then you can go have a bath while I look after the two babies Mm. or whatever. And you're like, or we would swap laptop time, you know, if we had to work, but whatever it can be for whatever it can be for gardening. It could be an hour just for you to go grocery shop or Mm -hmm. who knows, but being there with your kid, if you have to be there, you can still work in time that's for you. That I've talked about a lot. And I, one of the things I say is I remember a friend, she had four kids kind of always in overwhelm. And I was like, Hey, can we come over and play today? And she was like, I can't, I'm buried in laundry. You know, I just, I literally have a spare room full of laundry. And I was like, well, I'll just come do it with you. And she's like, you're going to, you'll do my laundry with me. I was like, what else are we going to do? We're going to sit around and drink coffee and bitch. Like we might as well do your laundry. And so we did, we sat, we had coffee and we folded laundry all day. And she was like, this was great. And I was like, yeah, we should do this all the time. <laughs> like yeah, let's clean together. Exactly. I'll come to your house. You come to my house. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think such a big part of like the managing of time is finding other people to, to help you yeah. or to do it with, right? Because I remember I hated being alone with babies when I was small. I don't know what it was. I was like, I just need someone here, yeah. you know, and just need someone with me. And then if someone is with me, the time went faster. But also that person would, we would do things together, yeah. whether they're productive or not, like the time was better spent. So for me, having that village and connection made a huge difference. Or if I needed time away to have people that knew my kids, you know, who the kids knew to be able to be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going upstairs for an hour. You come over and just hang with them and watch Paw Patrol or whatever you're going to do. Well, you said too the village. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with the village right now. I don't know if you've listened to like my podcast recently, but I, you know, one of the things I'm really railing against lately is this whole like online mom shaming business, which Mm. is driving me nuts because I'm like, people offering you advice is not mom shaming you're feeling shame maybe, but like we're throwing away the village baby with the bathwater, you know? And I think a lot of my private clients talk about this. They're like, I don't have any village. And I'm like, because you're not cultivating it because we're isolating ourselves because we think our houses have to be perfect because we're not, I have no problem folding your husband's underwear, like helping you do laundry. I have no problem seeing a dirty house or, you know, like we're not helping each other see the, the mess. We've created this, like my kids have to be perfectly behaved. Nobody else can say anything to them. I have all my shit together. My house is clean when you come over. And I'm like, that's not realistic. Like we should be part of the village is like being vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And like helping each other in that sense. And not just showing up with, I don't know. Like I asked one of my clients, I was like, what do you think the village is? Like random people who come and watch your kid for free. Cause yeah. that, doesn't happen. <laughs> Nobody hands you the village, <laughs> right. you know, you need to find the people you need to actually go out and do the work. It's like people who talk about manifesting and they're like, well, why didn't it happen? It's like, did you do any work to get that thing right. that you wanted? <laughs> right. You need to do, you need to find the people you need to think 
creatively, bring it back to the beginning of our conversation, like where can you make connections? Where can you find people? How can you get the resources if you don't have them? Because I mean, we all have different levels of resource. Obviously we all have different levels of privilege and, and everything, but we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Right. And we all have, most of us have the internet and it's just about trying to be able to put together something that works for you, that's going to support you so that you, A, don't lose your mind and B, you can have a little bit of like a life outside of just that role of mom where you can sink into who you are again or have some fun. Like, does anyone remember what fun is? Like, hands up. It's been a while, right? right. So yeah, it's, it's, you got to go out and make the connections as scary and vulnerable as that is. It's not that you can't do it. No one's judging you because we're all in the same situation, just hoping someone else will step up first. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, that was, as being a single mom, it was, I had cards made with like Pascal's picture on it and our phone number. And I, cause I just had to be like brutal about it. You know, I'd be like, I literally would walk up to people at the playground with these cards and be like, I really love your parenting. Can we be friends? They're like, yeah, sure. You know, how do we start? And I was like, well, I'll meet you here tomorrow at one. Okay, great. (laughs) You know? Um, And I knew because my son was born born in San Francisco and I didn't have a lot of mom friends, but I had a lot of like restaurant friends and social work friends. And like when he was born, I lived in this four story walk up in San Francisco where you open the door and it was the stairway. So it's the most daunting stairway you've ever seen in your life. And when I was postpartum with Pascal, all my friends in the restaurant business, I'd leave the door unlocked and they left food. I would wake up in the morning and there would be food on the steps. And I was, so I had this like village of, of like aunties all around me. And then when I moved back to Rhode Island, I had nobody. And I knew as a single mom, I was like, I'm going to die if I don't have some community. So mm-hmm. I think we all get like really shy too, right? Like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to impose. And I was like, I'm imposing. <laughs> Takes practice, but then you get really good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, do you find that people struggle with like finding, um, finding their best time of day? Yeah. Each it's so different for everybody. Right. And it can be different if you're menstruating at different times of the month as well. So like first understanding that, but taking the time to really understand what parts of day are going to work best for you is magic key. You know, like for me, and I think for most people, when we're quiet, when our brain is a little bit um, either closer to sleep, just waking up, going to bed, um, or we're in that sort of daydreamy mid-afternoon phase, that's when our creativity can get up and coming. And, and that's where our ideas are going to come. So you're going to want to like use the time where you're feeling a little bit more creative wherever it comes in the day to do those creative tasks. Whereas for me in the morning, it's like, head down, get my admin stuff done. Cause I know between like eight and 11, that's my most focused time. I've had my mm-hmm. breakfast. I'm someone who likes a good breakfast, right? I'm feeling energized. My coffee's in me. I'm ready to go. I want to do the work. But after 11, I might read, you know, like I might take a little bit of a nap. I need a, a bit of a reset. So paying attention throughout the day to what your energy levels are, um, how food impacts you, right? How long it takes you to do something if you do it in the morning versus the afternoon, how like in flow you feel at different times of the mm-hmm. day, all of that can really inform you in terms of curating your day. If you have the flexibility to do that, not everybody does. If you're in a nine to five in a, in an office building, right? You have less flexibility, but 
you can even try to schedule your workday around that within your nine to five. Right. If you're making sales calls, do you prefer to do those in the morning or the afternoon? Right. I feel like too, there's just an awareness of knowing when you're going to dip. So talking about mm. like your menstrual cycle. So when I had a regular menstrual cycle before menopause, I, I knew like three days before my period, I don't get, I can't say it's like suicidal. That's too extreme, but it's very hopeless. And I'd be like, what, what am I even doing with my life? Like what? Everything's wrong. And I would tell Pascal, I'd be like, it's a yes day. I'm not parenting. Whatever you want, you get. Like seriously, because I couldn't put it, I couldn't pull it together that one day, you know? And I think that um, like during, so I'm like four o'clock in the morning, I wake up, I get more done from four to 10 than most people get done in a week. But -hmm. if you ask me something after 6 p.m., I will cry. I will cry. Any sort of task, like, I am done. My day is done. There is no nothing happening. Don't ask me anything, even what's for dinner. I'll cry. So, <laughs> so I think figuring that out. And I, but I, when I'm working with clients and we're working on this, it's recognizing because most moms suffer in that three to six zone, the, the witching hour, the clusterfuck, especially if you work outside the home, coming mm-hmm. home. And I'm like, listen, it's okay that you're strung out. But then lean into that. Don't do high impact activities with your kids. Like that might be, you might sit down and all watch an episode of Bluey. That's fine. That can be connection point if you're actively watching with your kid. But everybody might just need a little downtime right now instead of trying to work against that. Like it's not a high point of your day, right? You're out of juice. And knowing that lean into like a slower dinner or a slower evening routine. Yeah. Or things that you've taught me are like, if you want that family dinner, do it in the morning when everyone's fresh or like, don't worry about having the, everybody has the meat and potatoes on the plate. Like maybe it's snacks for dinner and lunch is the big meal or maybe, you know. I am all about snacks for dinner or charcuterie, (sighs) kids charcuterie boards. Like I, the more I do this work, Jill, the more I am convinced, like we're meant to eat at four. And this whole idea that's been drilled into us, which I get, family dinners, I think, are important when your kids are in school, when when they start getting peer-oriented. Yeah. And they're, and you have to bring them back into the fold. They're doing sports and you really need to bring them back to the family life. But under five, fuck, get those kids in bed (laughs) for everybody, you know? And so I work against that so hard with parents who are like, well, the New York times article said that, you know, you're going to have a sociopath if you don't have family dinner. And I was like, but how's it going for you? Right. They're miserable. Everybody's crying, including you. (laughs) That's not working. It takes us so long to realize, like, I think we're at a disadvantage with the, with the amount of information we have available, oh, right? Yes. And it takes such strength and courage to just, I call it like an advice diet, like just trust yourself and don't yes. read any articles and don't get any advice from the internet or your friends or your family members. It doesn't matter. Just take a week, take a day. It's really hard. And just trust your own self because you're going to get the best uh, the best tools that way for you. Yes. That's what I keep saying in all my food episodes is like, I think we've lost the ability to connect with how food actually makes us feel. And we're so obsessed with whatever the latest thing is. And I'm like, but do you feel good? Is your yeah. skin good? Are you pooping good? How's your, how's your mental health? You know, right. yeah. <laughs> but everybody's like falling apart. But this study said, and I'm like, dude, there's a study. I can give you a study right now that proves corporal punishment is the only way to raise a child. And I can give you another study saying it's not, you know what I mean? I'm not about corporate corporal punishment at all, but you can find a study for anything. Of course. (laughs) Of course. 
It's called the internet. And yeah. did you know everything on there is not actually true? <laughs> oh my God. So and, weird. I, and I feel for people, you know, like internet's, I mean, in Instagram in particular, like everybody's kind of a know-it-all right now. It's whether or not they have any expertise in a subject, it's like, oh my God, it, you could drown. Yeah. Um, so what, like, what's the, um, how about, um, healthy, wealthy, let's talk about wealthy for a second. What's your, yeah. what's so it's inspiration. Kind of an, yeah. Well, wealthy, it's funny because the way that I approach it in the book is like more of an abundance kind of energy, right? Mm. So it's not necessarily wealthy and I'm giving tips on how to have a million dollars in your bank account. It's tips But if you have on, those, we'll all take them. <laughs> absolutely. Well, as soon as I figure that out, Jane, I'm okay. going to let you know. <laughs> Me too. But, I'll share. <laughs> yeah. Um, but more tips on like, how can you feel abundant in the different areas of your life? How can you feel abundant in your relationships? How can you feel abundant in your um, career? How can you feel abundant mm. in your health? And really working in sort of um, having space to feel big in different areas of your life, Mm -hmm. right? And how it's a lot of like gratitude as well. Um, It's a lot of action oriented steps. Like if you want this thing in your life, if you've got this goal and that's going to help you financially, or that's going to help you uh, grow in some way or feel abundant, what kind of steps are we going to take to get there? Like, how do you get from A to B in this area that you're wanting to improve? Mm -hmm. Um, so that chapter is really kind of fun. It's, it's different. There are some like financial stuff that's just pretty basic. Um, but again, you might've heard it 10 times and it just clicks this once, you know? Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's just really about finding ways to, to feel abundant in all of the things and joy and in trust and in love and in all the different areas that you can. Yeah. I love that. I haven't, I haven't combed through that, that section of the book, but I know one of the big things and I just mentioned it either on a podcast I was interviewed or on one of mine. But, you know, a lot of times I'll be working with a family that feels just like so, so underwater. And they're like, you know, I just, I, I have to, I have to go to work and I have to do this. And I was like, no, 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 you're choosing to. And I was working with this one dad one time who was really feeling the weight of being the dad, the protector, the the um, wage earner, you know, and, and he was like, I have, you know, I have to do this. And I was like, no, you're choosing to do this. And he was like, no, I'm not. I have to do this. And I was like, dads walk out on kids all the time, all the time. Are you making that choice? And he was like, I would never, then you're a stand up guy. Like you're what you consider you have to do. Isn't a chore. You're being a great dad by showing up in this way. And he was like, Oh my God. I am. So just like that reframe. And that's like a big thing that helps me in my life is like, Oh, you know, I have to, um, Oh, I have to work out. And I'm like, no, I get to work out. I have a 55 year old body. That's like in killer shape. Like I get to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's one of my abundance mindsets. Yeah. A reframe is like so important. I, I heard once, like, instead of saying, I don't have time to do something, it's like, say that thing is not important to me. So instead of saying like, I don't have time to work out, it's like, having a healthy body isn't important to me and then see how it makes you feel because if it's not, (laughs) right. right? If it's not important, who cares? Like, Oh, I don't have time to clean the house. Having a clean house isn't important to me. Well, maybe it's not right now. And then, you know, you don't have to feel guilty about it, but if it is important to you, you can prioritize that. Right. Like, and what a great shocking truth to yourself. Cause you, you're lying to yourself. If you say, I don't have time to work out normally, you know, granted, I know some of you are drowning right now in time, but I think then to say, oh, having a healthy body is not, is not important to me. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, fuck. 
Right. Oh, no, I don't believe that either. (laughs) Right. Right. But like the clean house, on the other hand, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. That's not important to me. Why would I waste time on that? Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just we we come from such um, a place of scarcity and lack so often because of the overwhelm, because of the stress. We're just fight or flight all the time. And we're we're coming from this place of lack instead of this place of like opportunity and growth. And if it's it's often just a mindset shift. Yeah. And I think there's so much chatter right now. Like, and don't get me wrong. I understand privilege and how privilege actually works, but it's, I feel like it's being overused. If one person has just something that you don't have, it's your privilege. And I feel like we're getting swamped a little in victimhood. And so like knowing that it's, um, that you do have, you do have choices, more choices than you would think, you know, even if it is to have, even if you need two jobs to keep up right now, financially, that's still a choice, right? Like not a, not, I don't want to say choice, but like you're, you get to do that. Right. Instead of yeah. like, Oh my God, I have to, I'm drowning, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, that's a wild, I'm just trying to think now too, but my thing too, with gratitude, it took me a long time. I think I figured this out about like, oh, 10, 12 years ago. Like you can, it was highlighted cause I was stuck in traffic and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be late, blah, 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 blah. This sucks, blah, 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 all the bitching going on. And as I drove by this like huge pile of accident, I was like, had I left the house 10 minutes earlier, that would have been me. So sometimes don't bitch about the thing that's happening because maybe something you, maybe you avoided something else. Right. And so then I was like, Thank you. Thank you for all the bad things that have ever happened to me because I could have been something worse, right? Yeah, we never know. We never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jill, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, do you want to leave us with any last miraculous thoughts? Some mm. really deep wisdom. <laughs> Let me see about that one. That's always like, I always like to see like what's just going to come through. I think just trust yourself, you know, mm. just trust that you've you can figure it out. Trust Mm -hmm. that you've got the resources or you can find the resources. Trust in your ability to get things done. Trust in your parenting. Trust in your um, abilities in general. Mm -hmm. And if you can start each decision and each day from that place of trust or at least practice, you're going to see really intense results really quickly. Yeah. And this with our whole conversation with that, I I feel like that part of getting that trust back in yourself is shutting off the noise. So maybe it's limiting social media or limiting, like you said, like don't ask for advice all over the place. Just kind of sink into what feels right. Totally. Yeah. All right, you guys. Awesome. Thank you, Jill, so much. Tell people where they can find you and where we can get your book. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's at grow like a mother. Uh, definitely grow like a motherfucker is where that came from <laughs> for sure. Um, but also, uh, the book happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise is available on Barnes and Noble and Amazon and chapters. If you're in Canada and, um, on my website, jillwright.ca. So, oh, are you in Canada? Yeah. I'm in Ottawa. Huh? I don't know if I knew that. <laughs> just goes to show you can know a person and not know something about them, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jamie. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye, everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. 
And also, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore, and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day. Thank you.